0: mistake of watching like one of those new netflix christmas movies oh and...
1: calendar or princess switch. princess switch
0: <laughs> or was it or was it the kurt, uh, kurt russell one? Oh yeah there's the kurt, uh, christmas chronicles okay i actually watched like five of them <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so... he's just like i watched all of those so <laughs> So so it started, like, advertising this new one to me, like, Free Rain, the Twelve Nays of Christmas. Like, nay as the horse nay. Oh. Uh. And, and, which was hilarious, because the little preview image had no horses, so I was very confused. And, you know, I'm working on a horse graphic novel. Mm. And mm-hmm. so I messaged uh, the writer, Callista and was like, oh, we have to watch this on Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> And so I talked to her today, and she was like, Nala watch it and report back and I was like all right I got you I need these files on my desk and so I did watch it and it was really cute Mm. and I realized that it's a Christmas special but it's part of a Netflix series and it's about this like black girl from Los Angeles who uh, visits her grandfather like off of this in the on this island off of England Mm. for the summer and there's a stable there, and she kind of like she's kind of like this prissy girl, but she gets into the riding culture there, and it actually is very cute. Oh, yeah. Wait, is this
1: Spirit or is this a different thing?
0: No, it actually it feels a little about a little like Spirit because this girl bonds with this like out of control horse, mm. but that's it for similarities. Is oh. this live action? It's okay. live action. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't
2: really see too many live-action horse movies with little black
0: girls in them. Oh no, you don't. Like mm-hmm. ever, like, I can't I... think of a single one. Yeah, like you don't see them at all, and especially as the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is a Black and Animated Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording well, that whole time.
2: Sweet.
1: Welcome to. That's black how we and do. Animated. We're just that rolling we into do. a conversation,
2: mm-hmm. and then we introduce it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. I am Waymond. I'm Bree, and we We're have here with a really
2: cool person. Who are you,
1: cool
0: a person special you? guest? Tell us who you are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nyla Magruder, and I like horses. Yay! <laughs> I mean, nay? Wait, Put up! up! I gotta go. That joke was so bad. <laughs> So that's the end of the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I, for a year, I've been on a horse. Based preschool show, so lots of horse buds. Really, <laughs> I just got off of it. Like, is that, when is that coming ago. out? I don't know. So
0: now I have to watch that show. <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, I technically can't really say that much about it technically, but I it's could, been announced, so it's, hasn't it? It's it's a I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically been announced, but then Nick Jr. was like, "Don't talk about it," and then we're just like, "Okay, whatever the boss wants." Huh. Um, but. I haven't gotten anything since, because like, it, it was announced in like uh, the summer. It was announced in the summer, and they were like, yeah, we can talk about it now. And then our bosses were like, no, you can't talk about it. So now we're just like, oh, we worked on uh, this one project <laughs> for Nick <laughs> Jr. and the Horses.
0: Oh, my gosh. People are going to be
2: like, oh, My Little Pony. And it's like, no. Like, no. Not that one. Oh, Spirit. No. no, uh, not, no. not that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, hopefully it comes out this coming year or uh, in 2019, but who knows?
2: Horses 2K19. Yeah,
1: mm. but we're not here to talk about my horse projects.
2: We're here to talk about Nyla's horse projects. Yay! All 500 of them <laughs> mm-hmm. that you're gonna get done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, so Nyla, what do you do?
2: What makes you so great? Why are you amazing? Because we know why you're amazing, but we need to. you need to tell the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, see, that's involved. <laughs> 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 so uh, I am an artist, and mm-hmm. I'm also a writer, and I, I do a lot of things. I make children's books, and that includes comics, graphic novels, uh, and picture books as well, and middle grade. I write for animation i storyboard for animation and i write and illustrate for science fiction and fantasy so i'm kind of all over the place yeah amazingly <laughs> all over the place Whoa. Yeah. if i could snap oh, i would awesome. but i'm like clapping okay, okay there you go thank you Snap oh. for me right here. <laughs> yeah awesome yeah you know wow. i like to keep busy wow yeah that's so many... do you sleep yeah <laughs> And was I was never. thinking about sleeping before you guys showed up. <laughs> like, I only stayed awake because I knew we were doing this. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs>
2: How did you get involved in so many different things? Yeah. Like, where did you start the beginning? Because you're originally mm. from Maryland, right? Yeah. Yeah, and now you're here on the West Coast. Like, what made you come from over there to do the thing here?
0: Mm-hmm. So... When I was born... No, I'm not going to start that far back. <laughs> back in my <laughs> Further back, further back. <laughs> when my mom was born. Um, so I've always loved art, and animation especially. And that's kind of what brought me out to Los Angeles. Like, ever since I was a teenager, I suppose... I, I just loved anything animated to the point where I really didn't care about live action all that much. But Real if it people? Was, what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if it was drawn, I would sit and watch it. And, you know, back then, and growing up in Maryland, I really didn't know that animation was a career. Like, I knew people made movies, but I didn't really see how you could make the leap from you know just being a kid who likes art to working on animated film until my junior year I think I we were doing this like this PSCT like prep class and we had to do a project about college we had to research colleges and so I talked my partner into us going to the University of the of the Arts in Philadelphia because I knew it was an art an art school and I was I was curious about it and they had an animation program and all of a sudden I was like oh uh, you can study animation in school I didn't know that I'm going to study animation that's what I want to do I did not go into art school right away. Um, this was my junior year of high school, and I had not taken any art classes at all mm-hmm. up till that point, so I didn't have a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And actually, my senior year of high school, I went to uh, one of the art teachers, and I told her, like, hey, I want to take an art class, because I want to, like, apply for art school, and I don't have a portfolio. And, like, the whole art department kind of rallied around me and created this curriculum for me my final year of school, oh, wow. so oh, that cool. I could, yeah. Hmm? I said that's cool. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> that's I we was, were like supportive of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I thought cool. you said what school, and I was like, it's not relevant because it's just a random high school in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: random high school.
2: Well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we have a listener that goes to said random <laughs> yeah. high school in
0: Maryland. <laughs> I, I will say the school was Glen Burnie senior high in Anne Arundel County, who actually, um, there are a lot of like Maryland people working in animation. I found out that Lauren Faust. Oh. Yeah, we grew up in the same county, and she was actually a student where my mom taught, because my mom was a high school teacher. Oh, oh dang. Wow. Yeah, so we, we grew up like within 10 miles of each other, apparently. Dang. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, the art department helped me put together a portfolio but like i still wasn't quite ready like it was it was a really big shift for my parents they mm-hmm. they thought i was going to major in something practical that could actually lead to a job mm. so like we fought about it a lot and i ended up not going to college right off right out of high school i took a year off and circled back and did some research and ended up enrolling uh, at the art institute of washington which from what I hear no longer exists. But I majored in media arts and animation there, and I was there for less than a year. Mm. Um, it, it was fine. Uh, I had a professor that like wrote a letter to my mom and the letter was basically, like, you need to enroll your daughter in a real college. Oh, <laughs> she, yeah. Okay. She, you need to put her in a four-year school. Um, that's yeah. pretty awesome of that, <laughs> I know. It was, it's like, like, you
1: know. That's awesome, but also... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally diss the school that she's working at. He yeah.
0: was like, "Yo, <laughs> you are under.
2: It was <laughs> you under like you might as well be teaching me. this class. Yeah, like, you don't. You need to go
0: somewhere else. You're too good." <laughs> no, it was it was kind of hilarious, and mm. you know, me and my mom, we we kind of like the school. It was in its second year, and so like even this as my first college experience i i could tell like the school is very disorganized and they don't quite know what they're doing yet Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i ended up transferring to a small liberal arts college in frederick maryland and i studied journalism and public relations Mm -hmm. and that's what i did for a few years um and in the meantime like and i really i really liked it actually um i was an arts and entertainment journalist and i also worked in marketing and. uh the DC area and it was really it was nice but I still had this draw to art Mm -hmm. and in my free time like I would hang out with a friend and we um get off of work and just like spend hours together drawing and talking about stories we wanted to work on Mm -hmm. and I uh started applying for art school again and I applied to CalArts and did not get in and I applied to Ringling and got in. Nice. Mm-hmm. And didn't go that year, because mm. I was working and I didn't really have the money. Mm. And so I took another year to kind of figure out how am I going to make this transition. Um, so I saved money and um, and like applied again the following year and got in mm. to the computer animation program. And so that year, it was 2007 and I was 25. And I moved to Florida and uh, studied animation at Ringling College. And while I was there, like I was really gung-ho about being an animator. That was going to be my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of fell into storyboarding. When I first learned about what storyboarding was, I was kind of like, oh, that sounds really boring. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. But I was, I was not great. At those classes and that and I'm very competitive and so that really like bugged me. So I worked really, really hard to get better at storyboarding. And somewhere along the way I went from hating it to loving it. Mm -hmm. And so, like in school, I decided storyboarding is what I want to do. I graduated, I moved back to Maryland, I couldn't find a job for a year and a half because nobody wanted to hire this random person in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And I got really jaded and I was kind of like fine animation whatever Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do my own thing and I started like setting up my own business and I was going to freelance and I started learning about children's books Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and in this process I kind of felt like you know you really have not given animation like its best shot you went to school for this right you need to move to Los Angeles. Mm. And that's what I did. And so this is a very long answer to your question. <laughs> but I ended up doing so much because I I didn't know what to do. Um, I went through this period where, like, I wanted to work in animation so bad and it just wasn't working out. But, you know, I'd spent all these years and all this time like developing my artistic craft and I wanted to do something with it right Mm -hmm. and so I started branching into different areas well if I can't get a job in animation maybe I can illustrate children's books and so I started uh learning about that still
2: fulfilling your creative soul in a way
0: right Mm -hmm. exactly and so that introduced me to the society of children's book writers and illustrators and so I started learning about illustrating picture books and I got my portfolio reviewed and they were like, ah, it's not really great. You kind of have more of an animation style, not really a children's book style. So I was like, OK, well, maybe I can write. So I started learning how to write novels and I also like, had had this idea for a comic for a very long time but never had time to do it and so while I was unemployed I was like you know now I have all the time in the world let me try putting up a web comic Mm -hmm. and so I started MFK and all of this was happening at the same time and all of a sudden I got a job and I won an award and I sold a picture book and I got an agent and You know, things like, like building. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it all kind of... That's all really cool. Wait,
2: can you back up? Yeah. You got... How did you go from doing... Ah, sorry. There's just (laughs) a lot of really cool stuff that happened at once (laughs) It was a lot. So, did you
1: move to LA LA and Mm -hmm. then things started happening? Yeah. Or, okay.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, um... Yeah, nothing was happening was, while I was in that Maryland. Was the secret. <laughs> that was the key you are missing. It really, yeah. it changed things for me. I, mm-hmm. I noticed the difference right away. Like, I would send my portfolio out, and I got a couple responses, and, like, I, I got a couple of people who called me right away, and they were like, so so I'm from Pasadena, Maryland, and so I would send oh. my portfolio out. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd get calls, and they're like, you're in Pasadena? When can you start? And I'd sl- I'd be like, hold on, I'm in Maryland. And they'd go, oh. And that would be it. Oh, man. And so, yeah, yeah so I realized, <sighs> you know, I might have a better chance if I have a local zip code. And sure enough, like I moved to LA and finally could, you know, use an LA zip code and mm-hmm. I would get emails back. Like yeah. the recruiter at Cartoon Network emailed me back when I sent my portfolio and, you know.
2: Like, hey, yeah.
0: I see you're in town. Mm-hmm. What are what, what you, what you up to? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't amount to a job, but. Mm-hmm. I I met her later. I met her at Comic-Con later that year. And so we were able to, you know, connect a face to a name. And I would send my portfolio to Cartoon Network now and then. It never amounted to, to anything. But then, like, three years later, she moved over to Disney Television Animation. And I submitted my portfolio there. Mm-hmm. And she was able to get me work like she like that recruiter who i talked to while she was at cartoon network three years ago she was the one that submitted my portfolio to the tangled crew Mm. and said hey you guys should look at this and that led to my job on tangled
2: so was tangled your first uh, actual like full on animation like studio job or
0: No um so my first job in Los Angeles was at a live action company called Soapbox Films they, Oh yeah I've, I've heard, heard of that. Soapbox yeah. yeah
2: I reached out to them for a graphic artist uh, intern thingy, and they didn't have anything at the time, but they were like, "We'll keep you in the loop." And then I got hired somewhere else, and I'm like, "Okay, well, never mind." Uh, I don't have- they're <laughs>
0: they're a really fun company, yeah. and you know, if you had submitted that like a few years ago, you would have been interning for me. Uh, oh, I snap. <laughs> 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 oh snap! Yeah, I was I was their sole artist. Like, wait they, a minute, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on. How, yeah,
2: what year was that?
0: Uh, I left in 2015, I think.
2: 2000. 2000- that's the year that I reached out to them. Oh, funny.
0: Oh yeah, that was my sorry, that was my internship. Because <laughs> <laughs> <so you're laughs> I reached out to them. <laughs> Bam! Because
2: I, uh, I saw they had like uh, an artist who was there and I'm like, I think. Yeah. I think I'm putting it together now that I did see your name on LinkedIn. Whoa, it's
0: weird. Yeah, so hey, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> this was all
1: a plot.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> find yeah.
1: out that the, artist And the creative
2: director lady whose name I can't remember, like, she had long kind of brown hair and, like, she wore a hat. That's her LinkedIn profile. I can't remember her uh, name. But she was like, yeah, like, we already have, like, one artist, but we don't really have anything else uh, going on right now. And I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll try later. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like things have worked out, you they know? They have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I... I
1: one door closes, another opens. Yeah, there you go.
0: But it's just, again, it's a small world.
2: No pun intended with, like, Disney stuff.
0: (laughs) No, Los Angeles is like that. It is very small. And, you know, funny enough, like, I... Before... I got hired at soapbox i applied to a job like right around the corner that was kind of the same thing and that was unpaid mm. and they rejected me and which was hugely demoralizing like i can't even get unpaid work in this damn city oh,
1: that hurts yeah. yeah
0: but then i got hired at soapbox doing the exact same thing and they were actually paying me oh. there you go yeah nice. and i stayed there for three years like soapbox is a very eclectic um They've got a weird business model, um, which lent itself well to my skills because they're, they are they kind of have a marketing setup, so they do a lot of different things. Like, you know, the Muppet show that was at the Hollywood Bowl, the yes, live show right. that's now traveling? Um, they produce that.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, like I know the people who wrote that show. They're yeah. in
3: a
2: cool castle. <laughs>
0: Like, they're one of the few studios in L.A. that are set up to handle the Muppets. So Mm. whenever there's any Muppets work, usually it goes through them. Mm. Um, They also do something called Toolkit, which is uh, something that a lot of the feature animation studios use. And Disney uses a lot of it. So, like, my first job when I got to Soapbox, like, the second day, they put me in, like, a private locked room so I could watch one of the first cuts of Wreck-It Ralph so that I could develop toolkit for the movie yeah and so for a while like my job was watching Disney and Marvel movies before (laughs) anybody else um and I did that for three years and then I applied at DreamWorks Animation Television and got hired on Dino Trucks which is Exactly what it sounds like. It's, <laughs> that's it's on prop- Netflix, right? Yeah, I think it's on I've seen Netflix. This. Dino yeah. trucks! They're dinosaurs that are trucks, yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kids it's, love it! It's heckin' cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was there for three months. Uh, and then got laid off. Uh, and that's, like, rolling into 2016. So I didn't have a job. And I was sitting around, like i took it easy for a while i took a class through cgma um Mm. and worked on comics and worked on other things and then around the four month mark i was starting to get panicky because like nothing had nothing was happening Mm -hmm. um i was submitting my portfolio and just not hearing back Mm. and like i had not submitted to disney TVA. um they've got this like form setup, so yeah so you submit your portfolio through the website and then you never hear anything ever again so and i had done that before i'd been through that whole rigmarole and so i was like i'm not gonna do it again disney's not gonna hire me and i heard that big hero six was crewing up and my friends were like oh you should reach out to the recruiter there so And I was kind of like, oh, the last time I emailed her, she was just like, put your portfolio up on the website. So I wasn't going to, but I was desperate. Mm -hmm. So I emailed her and said, hey, I have an updated portfolio, like just just letting you know. And like two days later, I got an email from one of the Tangled producers Mm that asked me to come in. And by the next week, I had a job. Dang. Nice.
1: So during this time that you were um, uh, unemployed uh, after – The after Diner (laughs) Trucks. Yeah. Um, Was this the time you were like setting up your like freelance business and like Mm. your webcomic or was this a different
0: time? This was a different time. Mm -hmm. So MFK started in 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Like so. Way earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, by the time uh, DreamWorks and Disney both came along, I had been working on mfk for a few years uh it had won the dwayne mcduffie award for Mm -hmm. diversity um i had also submitted a picture book to some agents and got agent representation and we sold that picture book to macmillan and it became how to find a fox Mm -hmm. and so like i was kind of doing all of this while working so Uh. like i would leave work and you know i went from soapbox to dreamworks and so i would leave work and go home and work on comics or work Mm -hmm. on picture books in my spare time which was it was kind of brutal like there was a period where i started at dreamworks around the same time that my deadline for how to find a fox was coming up and i also had a like i was working on Uh, a short comic for the what is it cautionary fables and fairy tales anthology Mm -hmm. like all of this at the same time Mm -hmm. and my how to find a fox deadline was super tight they wanted those they wanted final art in a month oh whoa! so i was is that typical no it was yeah i i think they were you're kind of busting my balls as the saying goes Um, I hear that sometimes they do that with debut authors just to make, just to see if you can hit a deadline, Mm. but it was, it should not be that tight. Like it was a 40 page book and they wanted it in a month. And you were also writing
2: for that one too, correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. So that's two jobs that you're doing,
2: not just one.
0: Yeah. And like DreamWorks wanted me to start like, Usually, you know, you give two weeks notice at your job. DreamWorks wanted me to start the following week. And so I was able to finagle with them a longer lead time so that I would have time to train my replacement at Soapbox and also have a few days off so I could finish How to Find a Fox. And so I got all that done and started at DreamWorks and was working overtime while also finishing Cautionary Tales and... It was it was brutal for like, God for like two months I think I was just working nonstop. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and it really S- screwed sorry to up. Bring you back to this time. <laughs> no, it, it it really screwed up my back, and I'm still oh, yeah I'm still recovering from that. So, you know, health. So as an artist is, is very important. Yeah, doing the stretches and everything, taking breaks. Uh, you know, like burning I'm at an I'm at an age where I cannot burn the midnight oil anymore. Like mm-hmm. my body just won't take it. Mm. So, I yeah, I have to really take that into consideration. Really take my health into consideration when I plan my schedule now. Mm. If you
2: could go back and like talk to the Nyla of like, a couple of years ago, would you tell yourself, like, hey, maybe you should slow down a little, or would you... Like, what advice would you give yourself to kind of, like, prepare for all that?
0: That's a good question. Uh, um, I, I would have told that Nyla to be more assertive mm. and to push for better deadlines mm. and also be more proactive on... Um, getting getting work done sooner because I do have a tendency to procrastinate and so I think the like the Fox deadline could not have been helped um right that that kind of blindsided me I could have gotten the cautionary tales work done a little sooner but also like you know I had a full-time job. I was also working on MFK. Um, and, you know, like there there are things that I look back on now that I think I should not have taken that deal. Or I should have pushed back on those terms. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't see where you're going to end up at the time. Like right. there are some things that I agree to because I was desperate in the moment. And when it finally came time for me to do the work, I wasn't desperate. And I realized, you know, I realized then like, oh, I could have said no to that and been fine, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know that I'd be okay. Right. So I did what I thought I needed to do. Nowadays, like I I think when you're starting, you're definitely going to make those mistakes no matter how much people tell you to which pitfalls to watch out for, you're still going to slip up because you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And then later you're going to figure these things out and you're going to look back and have regrets. But I do appreciate that all the struggles I've gone through have taught me my limits. Right. So I know now like what things I will just flat out say no to like what things I'm definitely not even going to entertain. I know, like, how long it takes me to complete certain tasks. So I know what amount of time to budget when I'm taking on a new assignment. Uh, So I'm better able to manage my time now. Like, still kind of sucks because I'm still dealing with things that I said yes to, like, two or three years ago. (laughs) But, yeah.
2: But hopefully things that you're feeling strongly and good about?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I... I feel very fortunate that I'm in a position now where I can I can say no to things Mm -hmm. and it allows me to focus on only the things that I really want to do. And that's that's a really great place to be. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to get there. But if you can get to that place where you can actually make choices, make healthy choices, you know, it's it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's pretty nice.
2: I wanted to back up a little bit Mm. uh, when you decided to make your move out here. Mm -hmm. Did you like have like a certain amount of money saved up or like do you just kind of just go for it? Did you have a job lined up already with Soapbox or was it just you just came and then started calling around?
0: So I did not have a job lined up. I did have some money in my savings. I had about $10,000 I think saved up and I also had a paid off car. Mm. So that's what I started with like. I did not have car payments. Um, I did have student loans that I was paying. I had like that $10,000 savings. And I did not have a job lined up, but I did have a place to stay lined up. And we're in it. Woo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> around the time that I was looking to move out, uh, my friend Eve was also moving out of her a condominium and buying her own and so she you know reached out to me and was like hey because I I had like I was going in on a, an apartment with a friend and that fell through and so I was kind of panicking and Eve mm-hmm. reached out and said hey if you need a place to stay I'm actually buying a place soon so you know, it worked out that we were both making this transition at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, in September of 2011, I packed up all my stuff mm-hmm. and my cat and my turtle, and I drove out from Maryland to California, and it was brutal. Um, the desert is no mm-hmm. joke, yeah. Like, and, you know, for the most part, it was fine. Like, I was stopping, like, I stopped in Indiana to visit a friend, and I stopped in New Mexico to visit my sister, and so, like... It took me about a week. It doesn't take that long to make that drive. It's about 40 hours. Mm-hmm. But I was like stopping off and spending a couple of days every stop. Right. But then I decided to do New Mexico to Los Angeles in a single day. And I, you know, like I used, I used to go to school in Florida mm-hmm. and that's a 14 hour drive. And so I learned how to make that drive in a single day. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, Albuquerque to L.A., 13 hours. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Would I... <laughs> oh, no. like okay so <laughs> <laughs>
1: is it just different from oh, going from east to west and from north to south like was that what you found yeah. yeah so
0: so let me tell you when I was a child you know like how people are really nervous about children watching TV and thinking oh that's real you know yeah I was, like, mm. I, I was kind of the opposite as a child like I saw things on TV and I was like that's not real because it's on television. Mm. So for a really long, like a really long time, I did not believe in Albuquerque because... Because Bugs Bunny. Because <laughs> it Bugs right Bunny. Up, up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if Bugs Bunny knows about yeah. it, it can't be real. No big deal. Yeah, and then my sister moved to Albuquerque. So I didn't, I also didn't realize, you know, those signs like last stop 90 miles, like I didn't realize that was a thing because on the Ooh. East Coast, you know, you're driving down the highway and there's an exit like every, every mm-hmm. mile. Yeah. And so there are people around. Yeah, <laughs> And so like, I'm driving through the desert. Like at one point I was in Arizona and I'm seeing these signs like, Painted Desert coming up 30 miles, like, Painted Desert coming up 20 miles. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've heard about the Painted Desert in cartoons. Like, I've never seen the Painted Desert before. I'm going to see the Painted Desert. And so, you know, like, I hit the Painted Desert, like, now entering the Painted Desert. And I'm driving, and I'm driving for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And, like... There are all these beautiful mountains, but then, like, all the mountains kind of stop, and I was like, wow, I guess that was the peanut. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, Walt, that and so, yeah. And so, I keep driving, and I'm like going down the road for like two or three miles, and there's just nothing. It's just an expanse of nothingness. Hopefully, it was during the day. Yeah, it was okay. like during the day in September. It's freaking hot. Oh, like, goodness. and I've got my cat and the turtle in the car, oh. just hoping they don't get dehydrated. Mm. And And knowing, like, I can't break down because if I do, I am screwed. There is nothing out here. And so after a few hours, like, I'm starting to get stir crazy because I haven't even seen a place to stop and go to the bathroom. And I'm like, where the hell am I? And then all of a sudden it hits me. I'm still in the painted desert. (laughs) (laughs) And so, oh,
1: no. yeah. and so that was the, uh, the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> yeah, without You just keep it. going. And the desert version yeah. of the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Yeah. So that was oh, like no. the entire day. Like oh. I would just look out and just know I could not stop for anything. I could not break down because yeah. who knew how long like AAA would take to get to me. Right. Like, you know, at one point. I needed to get gas. Like I hit one of those like last stop 50 mile signs. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get gas at the next stop. Mm-hmm. And so get the ne- to the next stop. And there is like, there's a gas sign. Like there is gas at this stop. And mm-hmm. I, I reached this exit and the land is completely flat. I can see in either direction for miles. And there is not a single man-made structure except for that gas sign. Mm-hmm. And is there I, a human being inside no, the thing? There's Wait, like, <laughs> is there, there is nothing. Wait, what? How does it operate? There yeah. is a sign that says, no, there's not even a gas station. Oh. There is a sign that says, gas this exit, and that is it.
1: So it says there's gas over here, but then there's nothing. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm like, I don't, like... Wow. I've encountered exits where you have to, like, get off and drive a few miles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is nothing for miles in either direction. And I'm like, I don't know where that gas station is, but I'm not stopping here. I will take my chances. (laughs) (laughs) Like, keep going. Like, nope, this is
1: a trap. I'm going to turn and try to keep going and then run out of gas.
0: Yep, I'm not getting got in Arizona.
1: (laughs) You tried Arizona. <laughs> you tried.
0: You no, you're not gonna get me. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. well, if you can make it through that, you can make it through anything. Yeah, <laughs> <that's laughs> yeah, that is a journey
0: right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Jeez. Hey. It was. Yeah. I still. I still think about it. I will never do that drive again. Like, <laughs> you ever?
1: You, you ever just like think? I'm still on that drive. I'm just. This is all just a dream. <laughs> you wake. You wake, wake up, up and, and you're, you're still, still in the car. Oh god. I mean. <laughs>
0: But isn't, that, but isn't that life in Los Angeles? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: oh just my gotta God. wake up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> la <La-la> la land. <laughs>
1: <Mm-mm-mm>. <laughs> um, let's see. I wanted to talk or go back to uh, your webcomic. Yeah. So how did you come about coming up with the idea and then um, just going from uh, putting the webcomic online to winning the first uh, McDuffie award? Like that's really cool.
0: So I came up with MFK years and years ago, mm-hmm. um, back when I was still like in between high school and college. I was reading a lot of shonen manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naruto was like on the rise back then and Bleach had just started. Yeah. And yeah, like, <laughs> it was And like one piece still had like a manageable number of chapters. <laughs> It was it was kind of a yeah it was yeah. kind of a yeah you bleach. could you could
2: still read it back then now you don't you can't even touch <laughs> it now it's like, a
0: train. <laughs> back then I was caught up on bleach oh, no man. I was caught up on One Piece and I loved like I also grew up on like He Man and She-Ra and Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so I like loved action stuff mm-hmm. um, you know the art the X Men uh, and so I was. Digging these these comics, but I noticed that, like, they all had this trend that I hated, where, like, the women and the girls could fight, but if they went up against a boy, they always lost. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Like, they were badass until they had to compete against a male. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, I said to myself one day, I want to read a story exactly like this, but it's about a girl because, like, if the girl is a main ki- main character, then she's gonna win.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that started, like, forming the seeds for what became MFK. I just started... Actually, like, started off with just throwing a lot of in-jokes with my friends into the story, making mm-hmm. a story out of all these dumb, like, college jokes I had with my friends, and turned it into an action story. But... I I could never really work on it. Like, I'd get so, like, a certain amount into it, and then I'd have to stop and focus on school or stop and focus on work. And so Mm -hmm. now and then, you know, over the years, I'd come back and add notes or add a character or or draw some new thing.
2: Was it still just kind of like a pitch Bible at that point? Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it never really saw the light of day. It was just something I'd like add to now and then. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Ringling, and graduated from Ringling, and I was unemployed, and I moved out to LA and was super unemployed and depressed and didn't know what to do with myself and kind of got sick of sitting around. Mm. And so... I decided, you know, this is the perfect time to start a webcomic, which is, I, like, I also grew up on the old-school webcomics. Um, not Penny Arcade and the Daily Strip ones, but, like, mm-hmm. uh, long-form comics. So, like, Strings of Fate by Jin Wong and uh, Demonology 101 by Faith Erin Hicks. Like, all of these people, like, who... We're doing web comics back then, but now they make graphic novels or they work in animation. Mm. And so I'd always been fascinated by this idea of just putting uh, a comic online for free for anyone to read. Mm. And so I knew and I didn't really know anything about like published comics, really. I didn't really know how the industry works. So I kind of knew at this point that if I was going to do a comic, I wanted to do a web comic. And so I had all of this free time, so I got my shit together. I pulled out all my old documents for MFK, and, like, I had scripts, but they were, like, 10 years old. So I went back over the story with, you know, this new, this new eye that I had developed in art school mm-hmm. and revamped a few things, revamped some character designs, and launched the webcomic and the week that comic started i got the call from soapbox asking me to accept their position and so from like i you know i planned this comic with the idea that i don't have a job and i have all this free time for drawing a comic and then immediately i got a job Mm -hmm. so from (laughs) from the start i was balancing work and mfk Mm -hmm. And, and so i would work i'd go home i'd work on mfk until i was tired Mm -hmm. and then i'd go to bed and that was just my life for like two or three years
2: were you doing like a page a day or like Page or like a week, a page a week. Okay. Like so this is before the times of Patreon and whatnot, right? So it's, yeah, so it's yeah. not like backers. You can see this once a month
0: if you, you get PayPal donations or, or PayPal existed? or coffee. No, Ko-fi. no. no. I mean, yeah,
1: you wanted to you wanted to distribute it for free. yeah,
0: right, exactly. Right. So I was making no money on it. Like mm-hmm. every now and then, when I had the money, I would print copies of the chapters and sell those at conventions. Oh, but, cool, cool, yeah, but. Like, I never asked for money for MFK. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think in 2014, some some year, I don't know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was on Twitter, and I saw the call for submissions for the Dwayne McDuffie Award for Diversity, and mm-hmm. it was in its first year, and I was like, Dwayne McDuffie, I know who that is. <laughs> That's a cool guy. Yeah.
2: The static shock, and, and, and the comics, and yes. all those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In the, in the Justice League and the Benton. And I looked at the requirements and I was eligible. So I submitted and I was kind of like, here you go. I'm never going to hear from them again because, you know, I'd, I'd been around the block by that point. Mm-hmm. I knew that, like, when I submit to things, I was never going to hear back. And then I heard back and they're like oh yeah me uh-huh. yeah and they were like you're one of the finalists uh, and we're presenting this award in Long Beach do you want to come and i i lived in LA Long Beach wasn't that far so i decided to go mm. and i won it that year yeah and it was pretty cool Damn. and i don't know i didn't realize like how big a deal it was going to be <laughs> So, like, the, f- the ceremony ended, and I checked my phone, which was on silent, mm-hmm. and I just had, like, so many notifications because <laughs> somebody had been live-tweeting- Oh wow! And it was spreading around Twitter. Yeah, and like all my friends had found out, and like my Facebook friends had found out, and people were texting me. And ev- eventually, I had to turn off my phone. Yeah. You're like, okay, You're like, mm, yeah. I love no. you, but please stop. <laughs> yeah, battery throw away. Yeah, and like before I even got home, the Washington Post had emailed me to hey. do what? an interview. Um, yeah, good day. It was yeah, it was yeah. pretty nuts. Like they were really on top of the marketing that first year, mm-hmm. and. And yeah so it was like for a few days you know everybody was talking about it and it was really cool Um, and then you know it was like well that was a thing that happened now I have this shiny plaque and I feel really good about my comment <laughs> uh, yeah. do you yeah.
1: is that still in continuation because I know you uh, the first like book one was published mm-hmm. in 2016 2017
0: 2017 yes and I would like to continue it it's it's been kind of hard because I'm working on so many other things mm-hmm. so like it's something that I desperately would like to get back to mm-hmm. at some point in my life mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can't really um, I can't really give a date at this time. Because it's still, you know, it's still this thing that I do in my free time for free. Would it be a
2: webcomic at this point? Or would it be just published volumes every
0: blue moon? Um, The publishing deal was just for that first book. Mm -hmm. So if it continues, it'd probably be as a webcomic. Yeah. And so I'm really just like trying to find a way to get back to it. Um, But... So, yeah, um, that that was a cool thing that happened. And around the same time, I was also selling my first picture book Mm -hmm. and like nothing like and eventually we were able to sell the rights to publish MFK and we sold to incite editions. And so that's why it's now like a pretty graphic novel. But other than that, you know, like people would ask me, so has the Dwayne McDuffie Award like changed your life? And. I'd be like, well, yeah, some good things came out of it. You know, I got a publishing deal, but, like, nothing has really changed. Mm. But Mm. I guess, like, my profile has changed because... You know, eventually I started writing for Marvel, and I never really asked them like how they found out about me, but I have to assume it was because of MFK. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it has
1: to have Mm. a close connection, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, and yeah, that MFK also led to me writing on Cannon Busters, LaShawn Thomas's. Nice. That's where I wanted to go Um, next, (laughs) but but also
2: you brought up that you wrote for Marvel. Yeah. what, What led to that?
0: Um. This editor at Marvel, her name is Kathleen Wisniewski, emailed my agent one day, and this was while I was unemployed um, before Disney, after DreamWorks, and desperate for something to do, and Mm. she emailed my agent, and my agent forwarded it to me, and basically Kathleen was like, hey, we're doing this new series, and... We want someone to write a short story. It's a racket, raccoon, tippy-toe, squirrel team-up. Would you be interested? And I was like, yes, that is 100% my jam. It's like, it's like you looked into my brain. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe she looked at my portfolio and was like, oh, hey, she draws animals a lot. But um, So she initially asked if I wanted to write and illustrate it, and I said, I will write it. I'm not going to illustrate it because I'm – you know, I have illustrating experience, and now I know what's going to go into that. Yeah. And I I can tell you right now that I don't want to take the time. Mm-hmm. Like, ain't nobody it in mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. Illustrating comics is hard. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, that's fine. We'll get an artist. And they let me write it, and it was really cool. And then this year, she came back and asked if I wanted to um, be a part of the Spider-Gaddon event. Ooh. yeah so I, I got to create a Spider-Verse character which was awesome, Ooh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool um, I will say so the character is a, a digital superhero her name is spider Bites. but actually I pitched a few ideas and their number one choice was Spider-Cat Spider-Cat, oh Spider-Cat does whatever a spider does <laughs> So, and so this is a cat that has Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That was their number one choice. So Spider-Cat was almost canon. Oh my but, God. But they told me, we want you to do the one you're most excited about. And I was exp- excited you, about Spider-Bite. <laughs> you weren't most excited about Spider-Cat? It was tough. Like, <laughs> I look. I also pitched a spider werewolf, oh. like a, a guy who's been bitten by a werewolf and a radioactive spider. Oh my god! Oh, okay,
2: <laughs> I would have been down to see that. I love that werewolves. Yeah, and a spider wolf—that's it's that's double. That would have been really cool. Yeah, I
1: gotta, I gotta <laughs> say that uh, a spider bite or the concept of spider bite did give me goosebumps. So I feel like
2: oh. that is a pretty awesome
1: concept. Since I heard spider bite, I was like, oh. Oh, I, she is my child.
0: I love her. How does it
2: feel to have a canon Spider character? It feels pretty good.
0: <laughs> if they ever use her for the MCU, they better credit me. <laughs>
1: but I can cut cause they, cause um, I I know like with um, into the Spider Verse, into the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a sequel, and they're supposed to be doing an all female cast. Yeah. it like been off of that. Sony, is- are you listening? Oh. Sony. No. Sony. <laughs> Sony, call Nyla right now. Sony.
3: Sony Get at me. You, me? <laughs>
0: you better call her. Or... Can you hear me? <laughs> uh, oh, my God. And, yeah, so there's that. And then I'm also, I'm writing something else. And by the time this episode airs, it'll probably have been announced. But as it is, I cannot talk about it quite yet. That's mm. A-OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
2: Yeah. Cannon Busters,
0: yeah. How'd that happen? So, because um, he in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> well, he wasn't when this came about. Oh, okay. Um, as it happens, uh, the story editor on Cannon Busters is someone that I met through the Dwayne McDuffie Award, mm. and so once again, I'm not, sh- I'm not really sure of the details of how Lashawn found out about me, but. That story editor, his name is Matt Wayne, reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to work on this thing? You you know, do you want to write for it? And I was like, Yes, (laughs) (laughs) no hesitation. You're like, Why would you even
2: ask?
1: Just just pull me in, give
2: me the plane ticket, like, give me the number to go to the building. Mm -hmm. I will be there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, well. You know, I had supported the Cannon Busters Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And for people who don't know, Cannon Busters is um, produced by LaShawn Thomas, who is world famous animator at this point and director. Mm -hmm. Um, It is, God, it's kind of like a space western. It's definitely got some um, Cowboy Bebop vibes. And I think that's kind of why I was pulled onto this project because MFK has a lot of similarities. It's a journey in the desert mm-hmm. and kind of um, you know kind of the lone gunslinger type story so they they knew that this is this is a story that I know how to handle and so. You know the vibe. Yeah and so I did not need to fly to Japan. LaShawn was actually in LA when mm-hmm. this kicked off so yeah. I, I did have to call out of work one day <laughs> I just told them I was sick so I could go to this writing meeting <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, they're not listening sick with passion <laughs> um, yeah sick with passion oh, yeah exactly that qualifies I'm, I'm an artiste yes <laughs> it's a common affliction among us <laughs> and so all well, the writers got together one day and kind of hashed out the season and mm. like we all got assigned up episodes and I also can't talk about that yet, but it's it's coming up. It's going to be on Netflix in Netflix. March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's looking really good. Wait,
1: so was it already? Um, was Netflix already set up to distribute it at that time, or was it no. like
2: we don't know where this is going to go? But whatever, let's like recreate it. Because I thought that Crunchyroll was
0: doing a thing, or was that different? Crunchyroll produced Children of Eden. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. And I was getting confused. Yeah, and actually, like when when we started, the distribution was up in the air, mm-hmm. and actually, I was not expecting Netflix to be in the running at all. Like I thought that ship had sailed. So I was really surprised when the announcement came out that it was coming to Netflix. Um, but yeah, so that is a thing that happened mm-hmm. and is happening and will happen. You yeah. wrote you wrote an anime. I did. Yeah. <laughs> living my teen anime
2: dream not many uh black folks can say that that they like i did that i was i did an anime yeah <laughs> yeah
0: no it's pretty exciting mm-hmm. yeah 16 year old me would be thrilled
2: with your naruto village and the leaf headband be like mm-hmm. yeah that's my nindo my ninja way
0: i mean that's actually how i got to the writers meeting i naruto ran <laughs> That's actually how we travel out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Very true. Very true.
3: Every,
2: everybody's got um that like a uh, song playing in the background in the background when they're running around because mm-hmm. like see so so ding
1: ding ding
0: ding 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 Wait, is it? I haven't <gasps> they, seen it. Oh, it's it's very cute. You should watch it. But they also, like, full-on have the Naruto run in a scene. Oh, really? Like, it's, <laughs> not, it's not even subtle. <laughs> like, and not even necessary because that character never runs like that ever again. <laughs> For some reason, they, knew what so they bad bad. <laughs> like,
1: This character is just like, all right, I have to get to this this place. Puts on a ninja headband. Kagebushu
0: no jutsu out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, I know you're joking, but that's what happens. Oh, so, no! <laughs> Wow That is the damn I'm scene. really good at predicting I guess <laughs> <laughs>
2: Is this in the first episode Or like the second Or later Like the
0: second mm-hmm.
1: Cause I've only seen early. The first
2: episode I wanted to mm-hmm. sample it So nobody was talking about it I'm like What this, yeah, this, this, this Is right. I, I might give it a shot later That's cute mm-hmm. Yeah There's some good stuff On Netflix right now mm-hmm. yeah. I wanted to go somewhere But then, I, then my brain farted um,
0: Take your time
1: Um I I uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <You're> sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm having a brain aneurysm.
0: You're you're keeping that in the episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not Maybe. cutting that out.
1: No. <laughs> um, um, I was gonna bring up um because uh, w- uh we wanted to know um if you were the first black female yes. writer at Marvel because there's like a-, a lot of articles say that you are. And then there's a few other articles that say that Roxanne Gay is, and then we're like, wait, so what's going on? Where's the truth?
0: So, so, I had already agreed to write for Marvel when Roxanne Gay was announced as the first mm. um, black woman to write for Marvel, mm-hmm. so that was interesting, mm. and I was kind of like. You know, it's whatever. You know, mm-hmm. maybe her book is gonna come out before mine, mm. and then my book came out first. Oh, so I mean, check the publication dates is all I'd say. <laughs> check the publication. Like, I mean, it's it has been kind of a touchy subject, mm. um, and I wish it weren't. Um, not that I, you know, hold anything against Marvel or anything. It's just like. It feels like such a low stakes thing to fight over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, me, Roxanne, you know, Harvey, we're all like the first black woman to write for Marvel in the year 2016. Mm -hmm. And it's just insane that it took like 80 years for that milestone to happen yeah because
2: because it's it's great and a blessing that one of you did it but yeah it would be nice if there wasn't some weird discrepancy and marvel kind of goofing on their part Mm -hmm. by saying it was you and it was this person and then it confuses everyone right yeah
0: yeah like i i definitely understand why they promoted um roxanne like that but it has it has kind of like created um this weird conflict within the community which Mm. you know it's it's unfortunate like i totally get why it's happening but i kind of try to stay out of it because i feel like sure yeah like it's um i just don't feel it's my place to really speak on it no for Mm. sure yeah yeah so it is what it is um it's yeah yeah, I mean, those not... articles were confusing us. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> like, we weren't sure. Yeah, because
2: I remember,
1: because yeah. I was reading an article, and then I was like, wait a minute, I remember reading an article years ago that said <laughs> Roxanne was. And then we read that article, we were just like, wait, what, uh, hold yeah. on. What's happening?
0: Yeah, and like, yeah, when when it all went down, you know, I didn't say anything at all, because it's, it's Marvel, and it's Roxanne Gay. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people on Twitter who actually checked, the previews and everything realized oh like this what is it called a year of marvels that i wrote you know comes out actually a month before world of wakanda so that means now is the first and i was kind of like oh thank you for noticing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's something i i talk about when people ask but mm. you know i I try not to bang my drum like actually I was the first because if it, it just feels petty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because
2: yeah. I mean, it's in the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're moving on to brighter and bigger and better things. Yeah, because oh, the future yeah. is now. Yeah, the
1: future is now. 2018. Oh, wait, now it's the past. Wait, now's the future. Wait. Oh, no. oh, Stop no. getting into oh, no, the oh, no. details. <laughs> <laughs> Time keeps on slipping, slipping into the future. You
0: broke Wayman. Time keeps on slipping. <laughs> <laughs> did Gotta you remember the question the that people. you wanted to
1: ask, or uh, did we, Did you already ask it? I can't I remember what that, happened.
2: I don't know because I got distracted. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, <laughs> so we're professionals.
2: Mm-hmm. This is how we podcast around. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Oh, I wanted to ask. Is there, um, no, I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I don't know what I want to ask.
0: What happened? Are you okay? Schrodinger's no. interview.
2: Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, I gotta watch the new Helsing Abridged tonight.
1: Helsing Abridged?
0: Yeah. I cannot believe they're still doing abridges. It's the last one. Oh. The last
2: Helsing Abridged dropped today. Wow
1: but they're still abridging you said last one, they saying the last the bridge ever no not no ev- one's ever going to I mean, bridge anything ever again.
2: <laughs> i mean i'm sure people still are but it's like the last one for helsing that team four star is doing mm. wow their dragon ball z one is still continuing because they're going to do the boost. Oh. sorry we're not here to talk about anime i mean bridges. we can <laughs> i'm
1: always here to talk what about animes anime? are you watching these days if any
2: oh oh okay yeah I wanted to. Because we have to have anime in every episode. (laughs) Well, there, it's really interesting how it just seems like a lot of Black folks just really love anime, and like I said this before on a on the podcast episode like last season, but it's just like a thing in our community that we just like and influences us. Yeah,
0: I know, and I'm totally waiting for someone to write that essay about like the, you know, the crossover between hip hop and like anime Mm -hmm. and you know such things Mm
1: -hmm. Um, i remember reading um an article that was like
2: why do black men like dragon balls yes that is the exact article (laughs) Just a legitimate question
1: (laughs) 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 and it was basically saying like soldier um, boy
2: bitch i look like goku
1: (laughs) 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 it was saying that um just as um the like black people like Face adversity like pretty much every day mm-hmm. um, in their lives. Like uh, anime characters, like go through this uh, huge uh, story where uh, I, I guess Shonen, especially like Dragon Ball Z, where everyone's like, Ah, you suck, you can't do this to the main character. And the main character's like, Nah, I'm gonna show you guys, I got everything, and I'm cool, and uh, I can believe in myself. And it's like, Yeah, like that's basically what black people have to do. So that's why it yeah. relates so much.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh,
2: now I know what I wanted to ask. Yeah. Sorry. So, you've basically had your hands in animation, writing, children's book illustration, and where is there like one part of like your creative process that you find that's like where your heart is mostly in? Like, do you mostly love the children's book illustration? Do you mostly love the uh, writing for television, do you mostly love like storyboarding? Like which part is there or, or is it bleh, all equal? Is there is there like a part that you love doing the most or are they all like equal, like you feel strongly about each one?
0: I love all my children equal. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier that day, I don't care for colouring. Mm-hmm. No, I it's it's hard for me to separate like everyone asks, you know, do I prefer writing or art and It's hard for me to separate the two. Mm -hmm. Like, I've done both for so long. You know, I was a professional writer before I was a professional artist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, part of the reason I got into this line of work is so that I could do both. For me, the, I guess the binding factor has always just been story. Like, I love storytelling in all its forms. And whatever i need to do to make a good story happen i will do it Mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's it like i can't see myself giving up like any part of it really
2: and you're currently you're currently uh staff writing right now or working on your uh, own personal like new comic
0: I am currently illustrating Creaky Acres okay. for Penguin. Um, also, doing some illustration, um, illustrating Dactyl Hill Squad for Scholastic. I'm illustrating something else that will probably get announced at some point, I don't know. Um, and I'm writing for Marvel, and I'm working on a couple of pitches that i also can't talk about but
2: pitches for tv or or for horses or is there is that not or is that still kind of like (laughs) erase that question that question wasn't asked
0: horse
1: pitches (laughs) horse pitches
0: Horse pitches. <laughs> working on horse pitches. Mm-hmm. Watch, working on pinches about horses. Mm-hmm.
1: Nightmares, yeah. broncos, mm-hmm. uh, stallions. Nightmares? I know. Nightmares. You just threw that
0: out along with bronco and stallion, which are actual terms that people well, use. Well, there is a horse. But so you said well, nightmare. nightmare. Oh, I said nightmare. Oh, you, boy. like, straight up said nightmare. Okay. <laughs> That's um, why I stopped. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> it just. And I was like, yeah, everyone. it's on brand, but like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, how did you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm a mare. That's a
1: knight. You know, it's the K. Knight <laughs> with the a K. A nightmare. Oh, dang! I like that. Or, <laughs> don't, don't use that. I'm gonna use that.
2: <laughs> She's already got patent. She like pulls happens. out
1: like a concept book already done.
2: With a contract saying this is mine. <laughs> you can't use it. You're going to jail.
0: And that's Hollywood, folks.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just have contracts on hand. There you go. It's mine. You're gonna to go to jail if you use it. Bam!
0: Please sign this NDA.
1: hmm NDA's everywhere. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Oof. I just I just
0: signed an NDA last week. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> no, that's not exciting. There's nothing I'm working on. <laughs> You're just here. I had, here. To, it like, I had to sign in to hear about to exist it. In Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Right, the side is NDA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that,
2: that is Hollywood, though. Like, yeah, what are you working on? I, I can't talk about it. So you're not working on anything? No, I am, but like, <laughs> so you don't have a job? I do, but I can't tell you about it. Mm, mm-hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you're not lying to me? <laughs> like, I can't tell you.
1: Uh, I'm curious about. Um, I feel like we might be slowly going into Twitter questions uh, soon, but. Um...
2: Wait. No, go ahead. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so um, like if we backtrack, <laughs> it's at the beginning of the conversation. Or I, I guess we'll just like to
2: the future. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that didn't really um, work. <laughs> I'm curious about um, how your parents uh, kind of reacted to um, you wanting to become an artist. You said that they were totally not down with it, like in the beginning. Like, how do they feel now, or um, did they slowly start to? be cool with
2: it, like... Why aren't you a bank accountant?
0: My dad said I couldn't go to art school because they just smoke weed there. Oh.
2: Well, I mean, they do. But that's yeah. not That's, all they that's, do. that's <laughs> not
1: just what
0: they do. But, but it's true. Um, my parents were not great about it. Um, they just really didn't understand the industry. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the options. Um, you know, and this, this is kind of something I talk about a lot. Um, Cause I, I get the question, you know, why aren't there more black women in comics and why aren't there more black women in animation? And the fact is that this is, this is not just specific to black people. I think this is across multiple cultures. Um, People look for communities that are familiar. They look for places where they see themselves. And if they can look at, say, an industry and look at the people in that industry and see that there is a place for them, then they will consider that an option. But there aren't a lot of black people in animation. Um, You see most of the videos and most of the crew pictures that get posted. It's just mostly white people. And so as a community we have no reason to pursue animation because there's no success for us there you know that's what that looks like on the surface Mm -hmm. and there's also the fact that you know there there are class and education ramifications too you know like we just don't have the level of access to the education and training that Mm -hmm. you know White people do. Mm -hmm. So it's... But I think... I think even so, like, there are plenty of industries that are expensive to get into that black people will still pursue because there are at least black people working in those industries. Right. So, you know, when I decided that I wanted to work in animation, you know, I tell this to my parents and it's just like, I don't know, I might as well have said I wanted to be a unicorn and so they didn't handle it very well like we fought a lot Mm. and the turning point was that my mom um drove me to the art institute of washington for an appointment I'd, i'd set up with admissions and they looked through my portfolio and the counselor said this is natural talent Mm. And it's the first time that my mom took my work seriously. You know, she kind of always saw it as just something I did to pass the time. And, like, I could work so quickly that it just never seemed serious to her. Like, a serious pursuit is something you spend time with, but I would just, like, sketch things out. And so my mom was just like, oh, she's just playing. And it was only in that moment that she considered that, oh like this is something that i'm good at
3: mm-hmm.
0: and from that moment she backed off mm-hmm. and she's been very supportive and you know she um she she's she hasn't always quite understood like you know i i also go through we artists all have those stories of trying to explain to their families exactly what they do and mm-hmm. their family's not getting in so It it was a struggle to explain my job at Soapbox Mm. (laughs) because I I can't explain it in a concise way right now. Like, you guys still don't know what I did at Soapbox. (laughs) 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 But at least when I worked at DreamWorks and Disney, people know those names. And so now my parents can say, oh, she works for Disney. And they're like, oh. And, you know, I look back on... A lot of the pressure that I didn't know my mother was taking on from people in the community, like, because she was letting me pursue this thing that they didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So they would ask her, like, why are you letting Nyla fool around like this? And she'd have to defend me. And so... And apparently, like, I didn't know this either. Apparently, this actually affected some of her friendships. Like, there there are people who just don't talk to her anymore over this. And so... And so I have a lot of respect for that now, Right. Um, and I, I do kind of enjoy that my mom can now like go back to those people and be like, oh my daughter just published a book, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh she's working on that show. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what's
2: your kid doing? Uh, working over here, and like, oh well, my daughter she she wrote a book and mm-hmm. she was working at Disney. She at DreamWorks. What's, what's your kid doing? Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm just go over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all been worth it, mm-hmm. and was that all of your question? It was just about <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was.
1: yeah. Because I, I think um, I mean, you bring up uh, as you were answering, you brought up a great point, which is like um, about uh, just the accepting of the child going into arts being like you know happening across many cultures, mm. um, and we do we usually ask this question in yeah. interviews. And, like, I,
2: I, most I kinda... of the times the parents are. Well, I think we've had like a mixed bag where it's like, oh, sure, you can do the thing, but why don't you have a backup just oh, yeah. in case? You mm-hmm. know,
0: my mother texted me last week, um, like, saying. You know, you could go into real estate and just do that part time. <laughs> yeah, so that that has not ended. <laughs> like that <laughs> was <right>. last week, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm not going into real estate. Yeah, no. no, 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 That is such a that go-tow. is the <laughs> most far rem-
2: that is the least creative. I'm so sorry to anybody who like does real estate that maybe <laughs> listening to this,
0: but it's not creative at like, all. Mm -hmm. look and it's not even i have a lot of respect for realtors i just don't want to sell houses yeah it's
2: creativity and how to a different way yeah not with art yeah but with how do i sell this house to a person i'm making this worse i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's like it's a distraction and i'm at a point in my career where I don't want any more distractions. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to focus on this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe there will come a day when I'm finally sick of it and I just leave it all together. And I kind of haven't yet. Like, I've had those moments, but, you know, then I realize, oh, I have no other marketable skills. It's Mm -hmm. literally just this. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep, like, pushing forward. But, you know, yeah, it's like if I devote my time to anything else, I won't be able to like excel at this one thing that Mm -hmm. I've kind of already devoted my life to. Mm -hmm. So for now it's just this and you know, part of the reason I still stay in this industry, because I have hit those points where it's just too much and I can't take it anymore. But I do like feel kind of a responsibility. Um, to remain for all the other black women and black people who do not know that animation is a possibility and that being a published author is a possibility. So, you know, I I, I love going to schools and talking about this stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, kids, kids get really excited about it and I love being able to show them, like, hey, if I'm doing it, you can do it. And,
2: yeah. That kind of rolled into a question I was going to ask, um, because I saw recently on Twitter and on Facebook that you had gone to a convention to uh, do, like, a panel about comics, and you've uh, been a speaker at the uh, recently formed uh, Black Woman Animate Boot Camp and at other places, and just how to... um, Like, how you feel, like, being up there and speaking about what it's like to be a person of color uh, in this industry. But you kind of touched
0: upon it already,
2: so you beat me to it. (laughs) See?
0: See how good I am at this? (laughs) Like, I mean, I've done a lot of it. And Mm -hmm. artists don't have the greatest reputation as, you know, like, outgoing, talkative people. But... I was also a communications major Mm -hmm. so like talking was my job for a while Mm -hmm. so it's it's been an easier transition for me and and because i know how to do it well i use it as much as i can um have you
2: had people kind of like email you like one-on-one for like talks and mm -hmm. sit down to just be like Like, I really admire you. How do I do the thing that you're doing? Because you're doing a million really cool things, and you're doing one of the things that I want to do, or maybe all of the things that I want to (laughs) do.
0: Yeah, now and then. And, like, there are are people from just all walks of life. Like, when I was in college, when I was at art school, I had a blog, you know, chronicling my art school path. And so people would email me and say, you know, I want to go to art school too. What do I do? And,. I talk with them and like for a while um, while I was at Ringling, I I had what I I'd call her my art school mom. Um, uh-huh. It was a mom whose daughter was applying for Ringling, and she was like the mom was just scared and didn't know, you know, is my kid gonna be okay at an art school? And so like I kind of like talked her through like her daughter applying and getting accepted and enrolling and mm-hmm. when her daughter got there I think I think I was an orientation leader that year and she was in my orientation group wow! And wow. yeah and so I was like don't worry lady <laughs> I've got your kid I'm gonna take care of her and like every now and then I'd see the mom because she would visit her kid and yeah. yeah she was she was like my my art school mom nice. um So, yeah, this is something I've done for a long time. And, you know, people email me now and ask me about, like, working in animation or working in books. And, like, recently a parent emailed about her child. Like, she's got a 12-year-old who wants to be an animator. And she so she, like, the two of them had a lot of questions. And so I, yeah, I, I answer... Quite a few questions over email and you know i try to be as forthcoming with my time as possible because i i know how hard it was you know when i was getting started and so whatever i can do to make you know the path a little easier for people coming up after me
2: So, oh, um, I think on that note, we can get into our Twitter questions. And we've got two here for you. Although one is in like, one is like a two parter.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So, our first question comes from a very special friend from Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine asks, What kind of projects would you like to work on in the future? And what's your dream project?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I even saw that question, and I still didn't prepare for it. <laughs> oh, no. um, uh,
1: obviously, it's Nightmare with a K. are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bring bringing that up. I'm thinking of, like, a murder
2: horse right now. It's, like, got demon horns. I'm into it.
0: <laughs> mm, so I want to work on something different, which I know is very descriptive. Um my strong suit, I think, in animation is a uh, action adventure, and so that's probably you know something action adventures, ages six to eleven. But I want to I want to do something that's kind of different and exciting. Um, maybe something streaming because I feel like streaming shows can take a lot more chances than network shows. I would love to work for a showrunner of color. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And what was the other question? The (laughs) other question was
2: your dream project.
0: My dream project? I'm already living my dreams. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Don't let your memes be dreams.
0: (laughs) Gosh, I don't know. Like, you know, MFK was kind of my dream project, and then I did it. Um... There MFK2
2: the Avengers <laughs> is coming.
0: Um yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like Oh, actually, um there is something I always joke about doing. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but So, you know Disney's The Fox and the Hound.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Cry every time.
0: Well, it's actually based on a book. Very, very loosely based on the book. I read the book. And I would love to do an animated feature-length adaptation that stays true to the book and has minimal dialogue because most of the story, yeah, most of the story, it's, you know, it's a nature story Mm -hmm. and the animals don't talk. And I don't know i i envision 2d i think i'd be open to 3d but i definitely would want it to be animated like i just have this this dream of this weird kind of very slow story that's kind of like bambi i guess Mm. you know um cry every time i
2: bambi too yeah
0: (laughs) Oh, and if you think the the Fox and the Hound movie is brutal, like the book is even more so. Is the book called Fox and
1: the Hound as mm-hmm. well? Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: The brutal version. Well,
1: <laughs> that's, that's the subtitle yeah, parentheses, the brutal version, and parentheses.
0: Well, and I'll give you a taste of how different it is. So in the book version, Fox, uh, Fox and Todd. <laughs> Todd and Copper are never friends. They're no! rivals from the very beginning. No. Yeah. Todd is kind of a shithead, and, and a very very clever fox, but he's also a shitty fox. Mm. And he, you know how in the in the movie Chief gets hit by a train, mm-hmm. in the book he dies, and this oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, and this kind of happens at the start of the story, and this sets up this lifelong rivalry between the two of them. So, like, the entire book is about Copper and this hunter trying to kill this super smart fox.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm really sad now. I wanted them to be
0: friends. (laughs) Now
2: I'm just imagining
1: the part where chief gets hit by the train and imagining how, like, how much better film would have been if you died instead of just like breaking a leg yeah <laughs> like, like like that dog survived that <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> like got hit by a train and then fell down a cliff yeah and, and broke his leg like oh no he's a very strong dog <laughs> yeah
2: like spongebob my leg Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> just on fish <laughs> my leg. Oh, my
0: leg. <laughs> So yeah, that's my one dream project. Mm-hmm.
2: That is that is a that is a good mm, dream. Yes. Now it's gonna happen. Yeah, you said it's like, not gonna happen, the, but because the the you said it, gonna it's drop gonna, gonna happen tomorrow morning. And you're like, what? <laughs> she <laughs> lied to us. It is <laughs> happening.
0: Netflix, get at me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so question two is from at Jake Strick or Jacob Strick. Do you have any advice for someone who's looking? To start a career in writing for animation but doesn't yet have
0: representation thanks in advance i'm
1: guessing like agent
2: representation
0: i think so yeah um agent representation is good i don't think it's a deal breaker in animation the way like it probably is in live action um the important thing i think with um getting started in animation writing is to have good samples. So to have spec scripts you've written and a spec script is, um, it's, it's basically like television fan fiction. Like it's basically taking a television show and writing a potential episode for it to show, um, to show how well you understand that series, that world, that characters, to prove that you can roll into a show and and write for it, um, when you're writing spec scripts, you don't want to like say you're interested in working on a show like supergirl um you would not want to send the cw a super Skr- a supergirl spec script because they already have Supergirl writers so they're going to be super critical right of that so you'd want to send a spec script of another show that you know i don't know some other superhero show that's airing i don't no, like something that's like not even
1: yeah. necessarily on their network or like yeah, something okay. yeah, oh, okay.
0: something that's kind of a far cry like in the same style of that show mm. so that you can demonstrate that you have a profici- proficiency for that genre but not necessarily those characters. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's you know the case is true in animation as well. Um there are freelance opportunities available so While you may not be able to get started right away in a writer's room, you know, apply to different studios, um, you know, show your samples, let them know you're available to freelance. And sometimes that can, you know, lead to something. I think the important thing in any of these industries and for any of these um, positions is to have... Proof that you can do the work. So you know, if you want to be a storyboard artist, you have a portfolio with storyboards, not not comic pages. Um, they have to be storyboards. Um, if you want to write, you know, have scripts that prove you can write, and yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, and just submit your stuff wide widely, and also you know, in animation being a part of the community is very important yes um mm-hmm. we definitely uh that adage it's who you know definitely comes into play in hollywood uh when there are opportunities available <laughs> we go to our friends first mm-hmm. so that isn't to say be a shark and mm. try to make right. advantageous um connections but it is to say, make friends and be active in the community.
1: Yeah. And connect with people naturally as you if you have animation organizations nearby or like just community events, yeah, then go to them and talk to someone, and maybe that'll spark into some type of friendship and more opportunities for yourself.
0: Yeah, right. And exactly. And you never know where those friendships are going to end up. Mm. But that's why, you know, you don't want to force it because, mm-hmm the people that we all naturally look out for are the people closest to us and so you want that relationship to develop naturally
3: Mm
2: -hmm. you know what that kind of goes to a question that i wanted to ask a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. i just remembered it uh talking about writing so the whole like path to writing i'm a little unfamiliar with personally i just because writing for myself and animation is not my path Mm -hmm. that i want to go to But speaking with people who do write and do want to do that path, typically it's like you're maybe a PA first and then a script coordinator Mm -hmm. and then you kind of peek in at the writers like, hey, I got a thing. And it seems for like for your path, you kind of circumvented all that.
0: Well... The, the truth is there is no path. Mm. I, I know people who have come to writing from, like, all different directions. Mm. You know, I, I worked with people who started in live action and jumped to animation. I know people who had experience writing for, like, web series and, like, comedy sketch groups mm, okay. and moved into animation writing. And for me, I had a webcomic online. And that's how I fell into it. So the I think the the traditional route is to become a PA or become a script coordinator and kind of work your way in that way, because Mm -hmm. having writers room experience is very important. But it's not the only way. Right. And it's it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to say do this, do this, do this, because in animation you kind of just never know. Like There are words. many roads, young head yeah. boy. exactly. <laughs>
1: is that a Ed and Nettie reference? It's Rolf. Ah, uh, yes. There are
0: many roads. <laughs> the important thing, I think, is just to know what you're passionate about and stay focused on that. Beautiful. No. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> oh, no, the mic dropped
2: oh
1: no <laughs> <laughs> awesome um well uh since that's the end of the twitter questions uh are there any final thoughts or things that you're thinking about right now that you just want to like leave with the audience that's listening
2: are you
0: excited for joker and smash God, it took me a minute because every time I hear Joker, I think Batman.
1: (laughs) Same. Yeah. I heard Joker in Smash and I was just like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yes. The Joker, not
0: Batman. (laughs) Call him by his real name, main character. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a Persona 5 reference. (laughs) And yes, I'm hella excited to play Smash Brothers, this game that I have never played before and have never had any interest in at all. But now I'm very interested because Joker's in it.
2: (laughs) Same? (laughs) Same. Oh, my God. Like, we never saw it coming.
0: Listen. (laughs) listen, This is going to date this podcast, by the way, but who cares? No, that is my ringtone. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that's my ringtone, too. (laughs) As soon as I get a
2: phone call.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I See, I used to have that as my clock alarm, and I had to change it to something more mellow because it would, like, terrify me in the what morning. Is your <laughs> what is your alarm? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold
1: on. Like, literally, whenever I hear your ringtone, I'm like, it sounds like something's about to go down, and it does not feel
0: safe anymore. So I want to try and guess what your
2: alarm might be.
0: Okay, well, it's, it's also percent of five, but it's much more chill. Let's see if it'll play.
2: Oh my god, that's also my alarm <laughs> That is also my alarm is also beneath the mask you when nerds. I wake up in the morning <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where have you been? Mm-hmm. The searching all along Oh yeah like and that and that one is my um this one is my Just my ringtone
1: I never saw that (laughs) ringtone (laughs)
0: coming.
2: Yeah. But yeah, like, didn't care about Smash at all. And then all of a sudden, watching the Game Awards, I'm like,
0: wait, everybody shut up. What's happening? Yeah, like, I mean, I bought... Let me turn that off. I bought a PS4 just for that game.
3: Mm. Like, I
0: don't even play video games. Mm. I just love Persona. (laughs) Mm. Uh, So now I I have to get a Switch. Because I
3: really love her. Everything I know
1: about Persona I know through (laughs) (laughs) Brie. So I'm like, uh uh-huh. Welcome to the Black and Persona Cat. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast where Brie teaches Wayman about Persona. Our guest god! (laughs)
0: Actually, I would totally, like, we should do a video stream of just having Wayman play a Persona game. (laughs) Dude. Let's do it. I am
1: down. I'm always confused whenever you like... Because sometimes... Like, last night, like, you just popped in Persona. And I was like, this is so confusing. <laughs> this game confuses me. Because you're just like, this is Joker. And I'm like,
0: no, that's some kid. Like- <laughs> Joker's Batman's villain. <laughs> and, like, it's so much more complicated. Like, like, Persona 4 was complicated. That was complicated. And then Persona 5, like, just to give you a taste of this. Like, there are... <laughs> You know, it's kind of, it's part dating sim, part dungeon crawler. So, like, you kind of have to, like, play this RPG component and go about, like, through town and meet friends and everything. And this, this sort of stuff will help you level up your character for when you fight.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> but in Persona 5, like, there was a point where after, like, the main, after Joker, like, cleans up his room, mm-hmm. it's discovered, oh, there's a house plant here. You have to go to the store and buy plant food and feed this house plant and that will boost you, like boost something. I can't remember, like your niceness or something. Yeah, your, your, your <laughs> kindness will yeah. go yeah. up.
2: Yeah. And, and, like, it, and yeah. you can rent DVDs from like different genres. Like I just rented a DVD and every time Joker and Morgana, the cat, watches it, uh, Joker's uh, guts will go up because he's watching scary movies, watching The Running Dead
0: <laughs> See, I had to stop playing because the Reaper was stalking me. Oh. Like, have you encountered the Reaper?
2: No, um, I've encountered him on purpose, though, because I was just curious. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I just. Let the game go because in three and four, you know, if you just stopped in the dungeon, the mm-hmm. Reaper would show up. And I'm like, I wonder what he looks like in this. And then he looks at him <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna run away now.
0: I see you over there, bitch, but you're not gonna get me. Okay, <laughs> straight up, I Wait. cannot go into Mementos without him showing up. How? How like, does that happen? It takes it takes five minutes. Like, and I'm not even standing around. I am like, I'm fighting shadows, and within five minutes of being in Mementos, no matter what level I'm on. Like he comes out of nowhere, yeah. Does the and game so, glitch? I don't know. Like, and no one else has had this experience but yeah, me. I've never terrifying.
1: heard of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. But also, <laughs> I feel Black like before, animated we, actually, podcasts, before we actually start turning into a Persona Five podcast, I think we could end it. Uh, Hey, Nyla, where can people find your work or find you? <laughs> and also,
2: are there any last minute oh, words yeah, of we... advice <laughs> that you would love to give to like young black artists or just uh, black creatives in general, whether they're young or old, trying to just get in the game, whether it's they're trying to do illustration, comics, writing, storyboarding. What can you tell them?
0: Google <laughs> <laughs> Like no. Google's your friend. Like, it is like literally look up like how to make children's books, look up how to be an animator, look up like storyboard portfolio. Like you use Google as a starting point. Like there, there are a ton of resources out there mm-hmm. and it really behooves anyone who's serious about these industries to learn the ins and outs of the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, Now and then I will get emails from writers who say like, hey, I wrote this picture book. I'm looking for an illustrator. And that question alone tells me that they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. because it is more complicated than just emailing someone looking for an illustrator for your picture book. Like if you can't tell me your publishing goals, like if you can't tell me how you plan on getting that book printed, if you can't tell me like your budget, like what rate you pu- you plan to pay, if you haven't done this legwork, then you are not ready to get a picture book published. So you had do a your Twitter research. thread about that recently. I do, yeah. Like <laughs> and yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, like I have these reference these resources available, and I you know I try to tweet about it constantly. But people just need to research, like go to your local library use the internet like there are tons of people talking about this stuff all the time and publishing books about this stuff all the time Mm -hmm. so just do your research um you can find me at nylamagruder.com that's n-i-l-a-h-m-a-g-r-u-d-e-r.com you can find me on twitter i am nilafle n-i-l-a-f-f-l-e And you can find me on Instagram, also Nyla Magruder.
1: Fantastic. Thank you for being on Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me. Let's (laughs) do it. You'll never
1: see it come
3: back.
2: (laughs)
1: Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. To
2: keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated.
1: And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes.
2: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you later.